Hello and welcome to the Daily Post podcast. My name is Yuri Mello. I will be your host as I guide you through the most valuable and relevant emotional and psychological ideas. Ideas that will transform your perspective and enhance your personal life and relationships. Let's do this. This is episode number 24. Man, I am so excited to be here with you. I'm so excited that you're taking part of this fantastic week. This is one of my top three, top five reads of all time. I absolutely love this book. I would definitely say that this is a life-changing book. It is a perspective-changing book. I find that because of the extremity of the extremity of the circumstance that this man, Viktor Frankl, talks about that he's experienced, there is a certain credibility to his words. There's a certain credibility to his to his writing. Not to say that everything in there is is absolutely as it is or as it should be, but I believe that there is some powerful insight that can not only help you to give you hope, to give you confidence, to empower you to challenge things, but also to give you the potential to create the very meaning of your life. And that's what man's search for meaning is, and that's what this week is all about. It's about shifting, once again, your perspective with just the most valuable information that there is out there. So I'm going to start this specific podcast with one of my favorite quotes from the book, and actually actually going to be the format of this podcast, is I'm going to go through five or six of my very favorite quotes, also with a little bit of the summary, and I hope, I just hope that you join me and read or reread or download or audible it, whatever it is, but I would say this week, it's only like 160 pages. It is not big. It's a quick read. It'll capture you absolutely. And just take part of this challenge. Put whatever other books you're reading aside just for a moment. And this week, just tackle this one and see if it does not shift your perspective about things and or even cause you to find some new things that perhaps you may have missed in the past. So this is my first quote that I want to share with you that I absolutely love from this book. It says, if there is a meaning in life at all, then there must be a meaning in suffering. Suffering is an ineradicable part of life, even as fate and death. Without suffering and death, human life cannot be complete. The way in which a man accepts his fate and all the suffering it entails, the way in which he takes up his cross, gives him ample opportunity, even under the most difficult circumstances, to add a deeper meaning to his life. Now, it's a daunting task, really, to review a book such as this, even though it's short, but it is well worth your reading, and really it's required, I would say it should be required for any student of psychology, and really for anyone that would like to do any form of self-reflection or self-improvement. It is just a classic. But a little bit of information. During the Holocaust, Frankel spent three years as a prisoner in Auschwitz, I believe it was first, and Dachau as well, concentration camps. 
And one of the fundamental aspects of Frankel's book is the theme of survival. Although Frankel witnessed and experienced horror, Man's Search for Meaning focuses less on the details of that experience, on how his time under Nazi rule showed him the human ability to survive and endure against all odds. So the first half of the book, which is all that I'm asking you to read, don't worry about the second part, focuses on a single question, which is, how was everyday life in a concentration camp reflected in the mind of the average prisoner? And Frankel gives examples of prisoners who found hope and the will to keep going even under torturous conditions, all of which, for Frankel, demonstrate the importance of what has become known as meaning-making, regardless of the situation. And that's really the part that I want you to read. A couple of other details that are important for you just to know about the book. Viktor Frankl's wife, father, and brother died in the concentration camps of Nazi Germany, and they all endured extreme hunger, cold brutality, first in Auschwitz and then Dachau. And he himself was, of course, under constant threat of going to the gas ovens and lost everything that belonged to him in the first days of camp, including a scientific manuscript that he felt was his life's work. So anyways, terrific book. Like I said, there's a beautiful credibility that comes because of this man's experience. It at least, I I hope you, you feel a sense of duty almost to listen because some goodness is about to come your way, and and we ought to listen because it's powerful and it can be life-changing. So here's my quote number one, one of my very favorites. He says, "Man man, or woman, of course, does not simply exist, but always decides what his existence will be, what he will become in the next moment. I love that simple context, and I use it all the time in therapy. Sometimes I'll use it with couples. Sometimes I'll use it with individuals who have lived whatever types of lives, but who come to me feeling stuck. And I sometimes, I I sit across from them, and as I listen to their story, and as I listen to what they've been through, the good, the bad, the ugly, whatever it is, I get a feeling that sometimes people just need a place to come and reset. It's almost like they need permission from me to to go again. Like, let's try again. And I can't tell you how many times I have uttered that phrase to people. And I, I, there's no magic in it. There's, it, it's not a, <laughs> there, there's no magic hypnotic suggestion. There's no magic to those words. But I think sometimes we just become so stuck mentally, psychologically, emotionally, and we just need the freedom to know that we can become something different the very next moment. And I just have found so much relief in people who realize that they can go again without having to feel like they have to carry the burden of their sins wherever they go, like some sort of just sign that says, I've always done this, I'm always going to do this, this is who I am, blah, 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 or this is who we are, or this is what our relationship has been for the last 10 years, instead of realizing that we can make quicker shifts 
we can shift gears a little bit quicker in our lives. And that's one of the absolute just gems in that book. And there are so many. Here's another one that's one of my favorites. Uh, and this is actually Viktor Frankl quoting uh, the German philosopher Nietzsche. Uh, and you've probably heard of this one, but it's a very simple quote. But listen to what he has to say. He says, he who has a why, he who has a why to live for, can bear almost any how. I think that that hits at the crux of this book. In fact, this was a significant quote for Victor, who, who may have even utilized that to craft what later became his main theoretic approach in therapy, which he ended up calling logotherapy. Logos means meaning, so meaning therapy or therapy with meaning. Um, but the concept there, as you can almost understand, is that we can withstand lots of difficult circumstances when there, when we can find a meaning in that. And of course, the, the big purpose of this book is the discovery of meaning in suffering. And I've shared this story with you before, and it's one of my absolute favorite ones. Uh, it's a story that's told about Nelson Mandela when he is in prison for 30, I believe it's 30 or 37 years in a hard labor camp. And when he is released, of course, he becomes president of South Africa. And this reporter interviews him and asks him about, uh, you know, how did you deal with the injustice? How did you deal with the suffering in that hard labor camp to which Nelson Mandela is said to have said, what suffering? And then he said, it was preparation. And that, my friends, is finding the why in almost any how. And this is one of those beautiful things that we as creatures, we as whether we are biological or what I believe is that we are spiritual beings or souls, that, that we have this amazing, almost godlike type characteristic of that we have the ability to create meaning in experiences. And what I'm not going to go into, but it's, it's that we have lots of other things that inform the meaning behind of our experiences. And so, and that's maybe a, for a deeper discussion. In fact, that may even go back a couple of things, uh, back to the episode about changing from the inside out and discovering some of our deeper philosophies that then allow us to give meaning to our experiences. Uh, they give us the why, why these things are happening, or not even necessarily why they did happen, but what I believe is the meaning of it for me, or the idea that that every moment provides experience, that every moment can contain within it the seeds for our growth, for our betterment, for our own development and divinity. Like, and that is a powerful concept, and it's, and it's courageous, it's daring, it's a daring idea to realize that we can take this most extreme suffering and somehow suck out of it a meaning that is, that is empowering to us instead of the other way. And so anyways, fantastic quote. Another one of my favorites. This one is a little bit long, but just can you just stay with me for a little bit? I think you'll enjoy the read. Um, so here, Victor, he begins. 
We stumbled on in the darkness, over big stones, and through large puddles, along the one road leading from the camp. The accompanying guards kept shouting at us and driving us with the butts of their rifles. Anyone with very sore feet supported himself on his neighbor's arm. Hardly a word was spoken. The icy wind did not encourage talk. Hiding his mouth behind his upturned collar, the man marching next to me whispered suddenly, If our wives could see us now, I do hope they are better off in their camps and don't know what is happening to us. That brought thoughts of my own wife to mind. And as we stumbled on for miles, slipping on icy spots, supporting each other time and again, dragging one another up and onward, nothing was said, but we both knew. Each of us was thinking of his wife. Occasionally I looked at the sky, where the stars were fading and the pink light of the morning was beginning to spread behind a dark bank of clouds. But my mind clung to my wife's image. Imagining it with an uncanny acuteness, I heard her answering me. I saw her smile, her frank and encouraging look, real or not. Her look was then more luminous than the sun which was beginning to rise. A thought transfixed me. For the first time in my life, I saw the truth as it is set into song by so many poets, proclaimed as the final wisdom by so many thinkers, the truth that love is the ultimate and highest goal to which man can aspire. Then I grasped the meaning of the greatest secret that human poetry and human thought and belief have to impart. The salvation of man is through love and in love. I understood how a man who has nothing left in this world still may know bliss, be it only for a brief moment, in the contemplation of his beloved, in a position of utter desolation when man cannot express himself in positive action, when his only achievement may consist in enduring his sufferings in the right way, an honorable way. In such a position, man can, through loving contemplation of the image he carries of his beloved, achieve fulfillment. For the first time in my life, I was able to understand the meaning of the words, the angels are lost in perpetual contemplation of an infinite glory. Anyways, it's just, I, I don't, if that doesn't get, if that doesn't get you excited about reading this book, man, I don't know what does. That is just powerful. That is just, it's just powerful. And, and I don't know if that resonates with you at all, but man, it does, it does with me. And it is, it is inspiring. It is inspiring in so many ways. The idea that love is the ultimate and highest goal to which man can aspire. His contemplation of his beloved. And then this, this quote at the bottom as well, when his only achievement may consist in enduring his sufferings in the right way, an honorable way. And I just, anyways, just a terrific quote. I don't know exactly how that spoke to you or what you felt as you heard me speak that, but... It is just a powerful, powerful concept. How about this one? This is this is probably, I'm going to put this one as my, maybe my, my top one or two. I really love this one. What was really needed 
was a fundamental change in our attitude toward life. We had to learn ourselves, and furthermore, we had to teach the despairing men that it did not really matter what we expected from life, but rather what life expected from us. We needed to stop asking about the meaning of life and instead think of ourselves as those who were being questioned by life daily and hourly. Our question must not or our question must consist not in talk and meditation, but in right action and in right conduct. Life ultimately means taking the responsibility to find the right answer to its problems and to fulfill the tasks which it constantly sets for each individual. I love that shift. I love things like that that just seem to literally take my head and just move the entire thing and just reshift it, right? And this idea of getting out of this concept of what can we expect from life or which in my mind is, is, is what I call the D word, which is the idea that we deserve something and I just do not believe that. I do not believe that. Instead, the better question that he brings out is, what is life expecting from us? And that shift, right? The realization that we are creators of that meaning, that we are free individuals, meaning we're free to think, we're free to create. Yes, Events, nature, nurture, all those things can contribute to our thinking, but ultimately we are free to modify, to change, and not stuck to some destiny. That is not who we are. And then, once we have discovered that meeting, and I think this is one of Viktor Frankl's big pushes, is we have the responsibility, and that's the word that he uses, we have the responsibility to act and to do. But I love that. I love that shift in perspective. I love that idea. In fact, he goes on. He says, We who lived in concentration camps can remember the men who walked through the huts, comforting others, giving away their last piece of bread. They may have been few in number, but they offer sufficient proof that everything can be taken from a man, but one thing, the last of human freedoms, to choose one's own attitude in any given set of circumstances, to choose one's own way. Isn't that powerful? I hope that that feel feeds you with a sense of power and confidence, right? That we can change and shift through circumstances and reset and go again. Anyways, there are just so many quotes. I'm going to read a couple more to you. And this is because I just want to get you motivated and encouraged so that you will read and pick up this book and just engage in this magnificent week with me. There's one specifically here about the American culture that I've, I've always enjoyed. And it's not just the American culture, but others as well. But it says, the American culture is commanded and ordered to be happy. But happiness cannot be pursued. It must ensue. One must have a reason to be happy. Once the reason is found, however, one becomes happy automatically. As we see, a human being is not one in pursuit of happiness, but rather in search of a reason to become happy. Anyways, 
fantastic stuff. I hope that you just have the most wonderful, wonderful week. I hope that you can find it in yourself. I hope you can make, just make time. Will you just do that? Will you just make a promise right now to me while you're listening to me that you will read or listen to or download this book and just mark the heck out of it and then share it with other people whom you think it will be a benefit to. Anyways, so many more quotes. I'm going to put them all throughout the week so that you can learn and have a transformative, mind-bending and shifting week. I hope you have a wonderful week as you study and examine man's search for meaning. And I'll see you tomorrow. Bye-bye.